Thanks for pushing play. This is the reseller's voice with April Hunter. You can find me on Instagram, Poshmark, eBay, pretty much everywhere at Cloven Caddis. On Instagram, I'm April underscore at underscore Cloven Caddis. This podcast is a podcast of short 30 minutes or less interviews with resellers of all kinds. If you sell your stuff, we want to talk to you. Hopefully, in the process of that, other community members, whether they're new or they've been around for a million years, will be able to pick up tips, insights, and continue to learn and grow their business through everybody and the shared information. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Mrs. Yancey VA, she is my virtual assistant and she has a lot of insight as to like why people uh, use virtual assistants and how it is helpful and how you can use the time that you would be sharing to help uh, get you more sales. So let's get into the interview. Hello, Rebecca. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Awesome. It's so good to talk to you today. I feel like I'm um, enjoying my chats with everybody more and more. The more secluded and more time I am stuck with my kids. Definitely. Yeah. You emailed me. I was like, yes, I can talk to somebody. (laughs) Adults. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So uh, Rebecca is my virtual assistant with Mrs. Yancey's VA. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about being a virtual assistant? Okay, cool. So um, virtual assistants for Poshmark is just basically um, somebody who will do kind of um, the like monotonous work for you. So sharing, following, um, community shares. So we do self shares, follows, community shares, comments, um, stuff like that. And it kind of like takes out all that time that you spend doing that yourself and gives it, um, you know, more time to work on your listings and stuff. Awesome. Yeah. I know for me, um, that I desperately needed your services right around the time. And I, I think I've said this like eight podcasts in a row now. Um, right around when I hit like 420 active listings. And th- mm-hmm. and that was at a point where I couldn't get through a full entire closet share. Mm-hmm. Under It was taking me like 40 minutes because inevitably, and maybe Poshmark has updated this, but um, I would hit like the button of some item and then it would like ship me back to the very beginning. And then I would be all frustrated and then the oh, kids right. would interrupt and um, so it was taking me like 40 minutes to an hour every time I shared my closet. And I, I believe at that point in time, I was oversharing, which maybe mm-hmm. you can speak to also, because uh, I was sharing my closet four times a day at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you right now, I'm subscribed to your two times a day package. Um, and I, I definitely, I can tell when you shared because I get a whole bunch of likes and a whole bunch of comments and a whole bunch of shares. So um, it's very easy to tell when you've done your work. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that. Um, Can you speak a little bit to how, like how many listings your average closet has? Um, I know you have different packages for different closets. 
so we kind of separate them into two different categories, really. So we have our full-time sellers, um, and their average listing amount is usually around five to six hundred. We have, I mean, we have some outliers that are like over the thousands, and um, some who are full-time who can get away with under like four hundred. They just have a lot of high-priced items, you know. Um, and then we have like our part-time or hobby sellers who usually have around three to four hundred. And then some have more, some have less. But yeah, I'd say uh, full-time sellers usually have at least 600 or so. That's an interesting footprint. Because um, I, I think that with my, I think I'm averaging at like 520 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, or 500. I'm about to delete and relist a whole bunch of them. So I have a huge, I have a huge shift coming of uh, inventory. So yeah. cool. Uh, okay. Yeah. You probably get not, you know, have to see the same items over and over and over again. Um <laughs> Do you ever find items like within a closet? You're like, oh man, I really like, I just want to like power share that one item because that one really needs to be sold. Yes, we actually do do that. It's not really offered in a service, but sometimes when I get attached to some of our clients, um, you know, clients who have been with us for a few months and stuff and are really like friendly and um, loyal to us like I'll be like my god this purse has been here since they started with us and I'll just sit there and share it and like Shane will look over because my husband works with me we both work full-time together doing this and he'll look over he's like what are you doing (laughs) but it does like I mean I he helps me with my closet but it's really my closet and I know what it's like to have like an item that's been sitting there for way too long and I'm just like we need to get this sold like (laughs) so yeah I will sometimes blast share stuff if we have time um just because it it like bothers me personally Can you explain what blast sharing is? Because some people might not know what blast sharing is. Oh, yeah. Blast sharing is just when you take like one listing and you share it multiple times. So instead of going through your entire closet and sharing everything once, you'll like focus on this one listing. And um, I don't know, maybe like, I mean, I've I've blast shared my own items like 50 times, but with other with clients and stuff, I'll probably do it like 10 times. And you know, honestly, how effective it is, I don't really know if when it's just you. I've had people um, do like party, like like the party stuff where you like post one listing you want blast shared and everybody blast shares it 10 times. And I think that's really effective because different closets have different followers and stuff. Um, once you've shared your own listing like 10 times, I think that's enough. It gets on your feed and um, people aren't going to continue to like share the same thing on their feed anyways. So, you know, right. it, a lot yeah. of kind of like a moot point the other question I was going to ask you was do you feel like after an item has been there since the very very beginning that you are a pro relist or do you find that relisting is just kind of a moot point oh I totally believe in relisting um like I might I don't relist for clients we've been talking about it but I'm scared but anyway for my closet like um I say, I would say like more than 50% of the time that I relist something, it sells within like a day or two. That's it when people search for something. So like today I was looking to buy some tank tops and Poshmark automatically sorts. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's also good. I don't know what you think about the whole Poshmark algorithm and stuff, but I totally believe in it. And I think it's it gives you some good points to be like adding listings to Poshmark. Even if it's just relisting, I think it's still... Um, gives you a boost because that's what I mean that's what I've seen personally and what I've heard from a lot of clients is that relisting can be really valuable 
I am definitely team pro relist. Um, it's not every item that I relist, but I do have to say when I re like, if I consistently go through like a relisting spree, um, a, a fourth of those items will sell within a week. Uh, definitely. And a lot of people are worried like, well, what if I lose those likers, you know? And it's like, I, to me, I've, I've had likers who have just liked the item for like four months and I've sent out my bottom offer and stuff, you know, I got, I don't mind losing them because they're not going to, they're, they're not looking to buy, you know, they're just window shopping. So I think that's everyone's biggest concern. Like, well, it has 20 likes. I don't want to lose that. Well, are those 20 likes buying? They're not. So um, you'll get 20 more likes and hopefully one of those will be a, you know, a buy. Have you seen the black and white gif of the man beating the dead horse? No. (laughs) That is totally the image that comes to my mind when I see an item that has so many likes. And I know I have, like, discounted it, dropped the price, you know, know, sent offers to likers. I've done literally everything I could to get these people to buy that item. And it's not going to go anywhere. So, yeah. Um, When you offer the six dollar plus like a shipping discount and they're still not getting you know just trying to get rid of it and you're like okay like really like I can't go below that I shouldn't even be this low so like who cares if I lose these likers you know like I just can't right right um so we talked about you have different packages and your husband and you both share as far as virtual assistant um is there is there anything else um, as just as far as sharing, like what are the other pros that you would say um, customers have mentioned to you as far as having a virtual assistant? Like why should everybody have a virtual assistant? Because I am pro virtual assistant. I love it. I don't think I can. I, I personally could not be a reseller without you. So um, well, I think it's important to also note we also have a small team. So it's me and my husband, but we also have three employees. Um, three girls, Robin, Caitlin, and Ashley, who work with us as well, um, which is why we're able to take on more clients. If you're a reseller, you don't have to keep sharing. I, you know, there's a lot of benefits, but my biggest like selling point to resellers is like you get more time away from your phone and computer. And a lot of people who are resellers right now are like, um, are like parents trying to make an income or, um, whatever it is, like it, it gives you more time away from that and to be your family or to be doing what you love. You know, some people are like, I don't have enough time to go. People love thrifting for their closet. It's like the most fun part of Poshmark, in my opinion, that take that time that you'd be sharing and look at your listings, look at your descriptions, look at your pictures and start working on that. It just really opens a lot of time to be improving. And for people, I get a lot of clients who are just starting out they want full-time I'm like the best thing you can do is take the time that you would be spending sharing so you just ordered a three time a day package I'll do that three times that's sufficient for your size or whatever and like you take that time that you were spending sharing and start improving your listings look at other successful Poshmark sellers and do what they're doing and start working on that um you know, there's just so much, there's so many other things you could be doing for Poshmark. And I actually love that Poshmark does sharing because um, it's free promotion, right? You don't have to drop prices for the promotion or anything. You All you have to do is share. Um, but it does take us a long time. And I think that time can be so much better used when you have um, just so many things to improve on. You can always be improving. Things change in Poshmark all the time like use clothes and stuff then it and but you have to sit at home and share your closet four times a day 
Um, it takes away from that time you can be thrifting or working on your list. Uh, the other thing that's really great about being a virtual assistant, especially if you're working on your listings and you're improving your listings all the time, because I think that reselling is constantly a process of learning. And I think that uh, that turns over your conversion rate. And I, if you have a higher conversion rate, like you were saying, some of your full-time sellers can get away with only having four to 400 items. That definitely is one of the advantages. If you have too much inventory and you want to be selling full time, you can just be spending that other time, you know, tweaking and improving and bettering your photography skills and mm-hmm. all that if you get a virtual assistant, yeah. which is awesome. Okay. I, you know, when I started as a VA, it was just me and it was boring as you know what. And I was like, oh, a bot. Like, a bot sounds good. But um, right. honestly, I. I think it's really, I think it's scary. You know, I think honestly Poshmark is not as good as they wish they could be in stopping bots. Um, But they, you know, they started adding like captures in front of everybody's closet and stuff so that bots couldn't log in and everything. Um, And I think it's just, yeah, I would never use a bot. I would never use a bot because I'd be afraid that Poshmark would catch on and shut my business down. And that just doesn't seem worth it to me you know what I mean like even if you can't if you can't afford a VA right now um and that's totally understandable um and you're like tempted to get a box I just you know like I just wouldn't do it because I think that it's really risky to just just put your whole business at risk um just to get like some extra shares and I would rather take the time and do it the right way then get caught by Poshmark because when Poshmark like shuts you down, they have your like IP address and everything as well. So they won't like, I mean, you can open their closet, but they'll probably shut that down as well as you don't get it changed. So it's, yeah, really ruin your like entire business on Poshmark. And that's something I'd be really afraid to do. And like VAs who, you you know, we know there's VAs out there who use bots and stuff. Um, I just think you have to be really careful about, what your VA is doing and stuff because they obviously don't mind risking your closet. Um, And they're probably doing a bunch of closets on one IP address. And I'm sure Poshmark will eventually find a way to catch on to that. So um, it just seems a little bit scary. Yeah. I, I would, I have to say when I first started looking for a virtual assistant, because there were all the rumors out there that there were virtual assistants who did use bots and I was terrified to get a virtual assistant because I was terrified that like, how am I supposed to use a bot or not to know? And then you use a bot and my closet gets shut down. Like you advertised, you didn't have a bot, but you know, and I paid you for services. I thought you were doing personally. So I was definitely like one of my big hangups. There are good VAs out there. Yeah. And And like, not just, I mean, I knew a girl, she, um, Clutch Closet Find, I think is her name. She's not a VA anymore, but I, when I was like too busy with clients, I would hire her because I knew she didn't use bots and she would share my closet. So like, yeah, there's definitely a lot out there who are honest. I know it's a big hot topic in the whole Instagram community and on Facebook, um, but the, the controversial question. Okay. Bots. Okay. How do you feel about virtual assistants and the rumors of virtual assistants with bots? So, I mean, you know, we don't use bots. That's why we have a team. 
Right. It is great to have uh, a virtual assistant who also has a Poshmark closet. So let's talk a little bit about your reselling journey and how you got started reselling and your Poshmark business. Cool. So, oh gosh. So I was actually buying on Poshmark for a while before I started selling. Um, I I think a friend of mine started, opened a boutique on Poshmark and she, and so I was like, got into it and I looked and I was like, oh my gosh, like, look at all these nice clothes I can get for like way cheaper. Um, and like, I'm super, like, I've always been thrifty and like into deals and stuff. So I was shopping on there for a while because I loved getting, um, you know, great discounts on good stuff. I love Kate Spade and I was getting like Kate Spade purses for like 90 bucks and I was like in heaven. Um, and then, so at the time I was a social worker and I hated my job. (laughs) It was not for me. It was really hard. I was working with, um, parents who, whose children were taken away and it was just, um, like a constant nightmare. And I just needed a way to get out of that. So, um, I was looking around at, you know, regular jobs and stuff. And I started posting some of my stuff to sell and it didn't sell. Cause I did not realize like, okay, you have to share and stuff, you know, like I was posting like mm-hmm. a couple things and like the title was like lucky brand poncho and like nothing in the description, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, at least you put the brand in there. I mean, it could have been cute. Right. Shirt. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, I was like, uh, luckily I was a smidge ahead, but not by much, <laughs> um, you know, the picture was crappy. It was like hung up on my wall, but like, on a hanger in front of like a another picture frame because that's all I could get it like hung up on you know what I mean like I was like I need something to hang this on um yeah it was goofy so I didn't so I like left those lift listings up they never got shared or anything because I didn't know that's what you had to do and they got a few likes and everything but I never like sent out offers and then I started I, I just started looking into it and all of a sudden I was like crap like I could actually do this and I started thrifting and I was like I went to the bins and I was like amazed at what you can get at the bins even though I hate the bins and I won't go anymore um but at the time like I was like wow this is great and I started selling things and I was making like $30 a week and then I started making um a couple hundred dollars a week and then it got to the point where I just cracked at my social work job I was like I can't do this anymore Um, and I left and I just threw myself into my closet and that's kind of how it happened. Awesome. Um, so how long did it take you to go to the bins after the bug hit and you realized make, you could actually make money doing Poshmark? How long do you think it took you to go to the bins? And then what made you decide you're never going back to the bins (laughs) again? Um, I actually went to the bins pretty early. I think I had, I think what got me into the bins was joining groups um, mm-hmm. people were talking about it but people were like raving about the bins. so I had no idea like how crazy they are and now I'm in Phoenix Arizona um there's one bins in Phoenix I think yeah I think there's this one um so if anybody's listening who lives in Phoenix you know what I'm talking about so and I mean I know people in Phoenix who still go to the bins and I admire them um so I went to the bins pretty early on that's where I got a lot of my inventory that I started off with. Oh my gosh, don't do this. But if you scroll to like the bottom of my closet, you can see like how crappy my listings were. 
Um, and like what I got from there, you know, I, was, I wasn't getting anything like amazing. Um, I have before, but you know, I was mostly selling like the, like Ann Taylor and Banana Republic and stuff, you know, like the mom and stuff, um, mm-hmm. which I still sell, but a lot better anyways. So I, um, so I was going there pretty early on and I took a few trips and got some good inventory and stuff. Um, what made me stop going to the bins? I you know, I don't judge anyone who goes to the bins because I've seen some people get some amazing finds. But I personally am a little bit of a germaphobe. And my husband was coming with me because he's amazing and supports everything I do. And he hated it. He hates the bins. Like, he never enjoyed it. Um, his allergies get really bad there and stuff. So, but anyways, we went there once. And we were, like, we had our gloves on. We were shifting through. And there was, like, a child on the floor next to us playing with broken glass. yeah it was and I actually it was funny I actually like traded him something to get the glass away because I was like where like nobody's doing anything about this and I like found something in the bin which is kind of gross like a stuffed animal I was like here take this and I'll take that glass but um anyways so like we were in there and there I like pulled out like a pair of underwear with like skid marks on it I was like (laughs) you know, like gaggy. And I just was like, you know what? Like, I don't want it. I just, I don't know what it was. I, it wasn't like, I mean, that's, but people have found worse than that and still go. So I'm just weak. You know what I mean? Like I, I just was like, I can't do this anymore. And like, I just was like, I can't, it's like, I've never found, I've found some good stuff. Like I think my best flip was something I bought there for whatever, you know, it was like a dress. So it didn't cost much. And I think I sold it for like 90 bucks. Like that's a good flip, but I like, yeah, but I was like, man, like I just, it's gross. And it like, it's gross. And I actually, (laughs) I stopped going and then I went to the bins in Flagstaff, um, in the middle of the summer last year and it was so much nicer it was smaller but like mm-hmm. it was calm it was clean I mean clean enough you know and it, um I found like right. tons of free people it was like a like the bins were just full of like free people it was weird um so like you know I like I think if I like lived in Flagstaff and I like had those bins I'd probably keep going but the Phoenix ones where I'm at are just so poorly maintained. My husband found an entire bottle of rum. He pulled an entire bottle of unopened rum out of one of the bins. And I was like, how does this happen? (laughs) (laughs) Where is the oversight? It's just like, when you come across that much stuff, you're just like, this is just so gross. So I'm just weak. Honestly, it's just, it's not even like, I mean, a skid mark underwear is bad, but it's not that bad. But you know, people found worse. I'm just weak. I just, it's just too gross for me. Well, like you said, if you were at the Flagstaff ones, you would probably go more often, but it's, it's definitely like a, a quality, quality, you know, if the quality is not there and your experience is not yeah. worth it, that's that whole time value of money. And then some of it's this, the experience of it, you know, some people love going to the bins. Uh, I hear our main bins are like that, but Maine is like two hours okay. away from me um, to go to the main bins. Boston's like 40 minutes and then New Hampshire's 40 minutes. Or I could go down to my local Goodwill, which is only like 30 minutes. So it's like, where exactly am I going to go today? And, you know, and, and and some of it is definitely about cost. I think the longer and longer you're in this, the more you try to, you know, get your cost mm-hmm. of goods down. Because as you start 
to switch over from it being a hobby and into more of a business, you know, you really start crunching those numbers, especially (laughs) you should, if you start crunching those numbers and realizing that, you know, you you really are trying to make money doing this otherwise it's right just yeah and like I've definitely crossed that line a few times like that's why my closet's on vacation right now because I have a bunch of listings that nobody's gonna buy and I'm like I just hoarded all this and I need to get rid of it um so like yeah there's definitely a line and a lot of my clients struggle with that too they talk about that all the time they're like I can't stop thrifting but I still have a huge death pile and like I'm not selling anything and I'm like you're hoarding <laughs> that is um that's why I'm going through the whole revamp thing I have a death pile I've talked about my death pile it's going down slowly I actually just joined a relisting and listing accountability group with uh hyper socal posh um and uh confessions of a poshaholic and it's been really good and really motivating for me um but I also just yeah (laughs) I, the thrifting bug is heavy now. And I just, for me, that's that mental health time. And I don't get the same from just like grooming my right. inventory, you know? So, um, but I don't think I'm going to rush right out there to the thrift stores as soon as they open. I have to say, I'm not a germaphobe. I'm definitely like, I believe in mm-hmm. an immune system. I'm always telling people like, I would much rather, you know, lick the subway rails then get yeah. a flu shot <laughs> um I still get a flu shot uh but I I would just I I would much rather have an immune system um but I after this I'm not positive I'm gonna run right back out there I don't know it's gonna be it, it's gonna be interesting to see what I actually do because yeah. I don't know myself on like <laughs> what happens you know how soon it opens you know if it opens like on like they're saying I won't be out there but if we wait a reasonable amount of time maybe you know um I don't know if you know this but my husband and I actually went to school for um for science for biochemistry and I was doing um viral research I was I wanted to do research in HIV so like once you go through all of that like you're just never the same (laughs) you know what I mean yes you're like um can't do that my career path was rather mm-hmm. long, um, and I was not always an accountant. I uh, originally wanted to be a psychologist. I had a very long college career, lots mm-hmm. of student loan debt. Um, and so I wanted to be a psychologist, and then I determined that I, or well, I became a single mom, and then I decided that I could not do psychology. It was too much school mm-hmm. and too expensive. Um, So I decided that I would do pre-med and try to do like a medical examiner. Um, And then I decided that was too much. And so then I went in to be a dental assistant. um, And then like kind of out of left field, I'd had a bunch of jobs that were in the same area as accounting. And I got a job as um, a filing clerk, actually. But then they had me doing a bunch of Mm -hmm. accounting jobs. And uh so I got my degree in accounting and now I'm oh, a fiduciary cool. accounting. So it's a totally weird career path. Um, and I resell just so that right. I have good mental health. Um, Dude, like, I <laughs> so, have a long path. Like, well, my husband doesn't, but I have a long path like that too. It's always nice to hear somebody else like <laughs> change a million times. Cause then you're like, okay, it wasn't just me. No, honestly, I, so I, 
my teenage son, I, I honestly have been telling him, like, you really want to know what you want to do, you know, and I'm not 100% just jump into college and get a giant student loan debt, you know, and a career that you'll never use. So I kind of, um, am, he's not ready for college yet, but I'm, I'm kind of planting seeds now that, you know, like trade school is okay. You don't have to go to college. Let's take time and actually think about what you want to do. Let's let you suffer a little bit first. And then yeah. we'll, then we'll pay for college. I took so. a year off in between and that's what made me realize I wanted to go to college. You know, I was like, crap, I don't yeah. want to do this. Like <laughs> I was the waitress. So, right. yeah. um, that's great. So, so you have the virtual assistant business mm-hmm. and you resell. Um, do you have any other businesses? Cause you're very entrepreneurial. Yeah. You um, and your husband. Yeah. I love, I just love starting things up. So I started up a small subscription box on crate joy for books. I'm a huge reader. I, I like try to make sure that I read 40 books a year. So I have, and I like, I always buy them because I have a $90 debt at the library right now. Um, so, and I don't want to pay it, which is so bad, but so I can't like, so like, I can't go check out there. Otherwise they're going to make me pay my debt. Um, so like I buy a lot of used books and I read and I read and I read. And so I started, um, I started a little subscription box on Crate Joy, um, for people to get like two books a month from my shelf. Um, and then my husband is actually a really phenomenal soap maker, (laughs) um, he is amazing. He loves it and he does it as a hobby all the time and we have great soap. Um, so we've been, you know, he's always wanted to sell it. I don't know if this will turn into like his lifelong thing, but I was like, why not? Like we might as well start it up and um, do it for fun. You know, we have the means now to like start some fun businesses and stuff and it's what we like to do. So we're, we are um, going to eventually get his soap out there on the board and um he'll have his own little soap business going so yeah awesome I think that that will come in really handy I know I was like well half me was like because eh. like you know handmade soap is like more expensive than like soft soap you know like the like the brands and stuff at Target so I was like half me was like I don't want people to think we're like price gouging but also like people need soap so like maybe this is the perfect time <laughs> There's, there's actually, there's a really good market for um, handmade goods, especially at like farmers markets. And um, I know we have a bunch of around us for us. And I actually, there's, there's a couple soap makers around me that I really love their soap. And I definitely splurge on it a couple times a year. I don't use it like, it's not like my steadfast. It's kind of like, um, even though it's a big box store, but like, I'll go buy like mm-hmm. a tub of lush soap. And that will be like the one time that I buy my Lush soap for the year. But I do the same thing with a couple uh, soap makers and a couple bars of soap. Um, it's like, you know, a couple, three times a year, I'll, you know, treat myself yeah, to some good bars best. of soap. Like soap is so underrated. So. I love good soap. And well, a yeah. good lather and like a good little, yeah, good like grit and a lather and then like the essence mm-hmm. and the smells. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like a, it's like a it's like a take me away like stress reducing it's not like you know just squirt a little squirt right. out of the bottle. it's like luxurious i feel like yeah exactly <laughs> exactly oh what would you say what would you say uh your big your biggest flip to date is? my biggest flip to date shoot i wish i could look at my closet right now um 
don't know. I've always had, I've never had like one of those like $500 flips when I only got it for $3. Cause I sell a lot of my uh, mob brands, but I did flip a really nice mm-hmm. wedding dress and now I'm blanking on the, the brand of it, but I got it. Um, from our Salvation Army was having like a 50% off day. And then I got some other discount for being like a student. So I got the dress for like $3. And I think I flipped it for like around 170. So that was really nice. <laughs> and I love selling wedding dresses because they always come back with a nice review and how excited they are and stuff. Uh, yeah, so it was That's fun. awesome. Uh, do you you do you only sell on Poshmark or do you do um, so I did Macari for a while and then so I got locked out of my account I was too lazy to find it so I just actually stopped um and then I started again on Macari so I do Poshmark and Macari but I might I mainly keep it to Poshmark Poshmark Poshmark's my favorite um I don't like Macari like nearly as much so I keep it on Poshmark for sure yeah, I definitely, I had a bad experience on or on Mercari, and I have not given it love since. So I, I know I'm probably shooting myself in the foot for that, but yeah. Um, what would you, have you ever had like a really horrible experience um, being a reseller? I mean, not terrible. So when I was like new, I probably went like, probably like eight months without having a case open when I started, you know? And one week I had three cases mm-hmm. open on me. It was terrible. Um, but uh the first case that I had open on me was like it really you know it's not terrible people are gonna listen to be like and they're like that's so weak that's not bad but um it really like I have a lot of faith in people and it really kind of opened my eyes to like there's some like nasty cheating people out there so I had this David's bridal dress that was brand new with tags um really pretty and I got it for a dollar <laughs> And I sold it for like $65. Um, And this girl really wanted two of my dresses. So I gave her the David's Bridal one. And then I threw in another one that was like 20 bucks in it. And the David's Bridal was going, I had it listed for like $90. It had like a $300 price tag on it, you know? So, I mean, $90 was nice. Mm -hmm. But she couldn't, she didn't want, like, she didn't want to pay that much. And I had gotten it for a dollar. I was like, whatever, I'll give it to her for 65. Um, So I sent her the two dresses and she opened a case saying that the new with tags one had deodorant stains on it and that it wasn't new and that there was no price tag. So I was like, um, what? So I was, so I like showed pictures of the dress, you know, that had the price tags attached. There was, and that there was no deodorant stains, you know, like I didn't really know how detailed your pictures had to be. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't have like an up close on the armpits, but, um, and honestly, I think she would have won, except that she posted a picture of her wearing the other dress to the case for some reason. She's like, well, I like the other dress. And she showed me, she like posted a picture of the case. And I was like, and I knew by then that like, once you are wearing like one of the things in the bundle, you can't like return it. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, sorry, we don't take right. that. Like, you know, and I was like, come on, Poshmark. Like, I know I did not send that dress used. It was brand new with tags. Um, and they actually <sighs> sided with me, but it really left a bad taste in my mouth because I, like, I've never, I've never seen people, like, act like that before. You know, like, it would never cross my mind to be like, oh, I, I'll, I don't like this dress, so I'll take the, like, tags off and put, or maybe she wore it. 
and then wanted, you know what I mean? Like she might've worn it and then wanted to return it. And it was just like, I don't know. It made me sad that people are like dishonest like that. Yeah. It always is that you get like three cases in a week though. I had that happen one week and then I looked back at it and I, I realized that when I was shipping everything out, I was like completely stressed Mm -hmm. out and under the gun and you know, I just wasn't adjusting to life. And I was like, I actually need to like really slow down and take my time Mm -hmm. and look over the items again and make sure there's nothing wrong with them. Um, And then the other half of me has gotten to the point where it's like, if I get a case opened up against me, I'm just like, Hey, Poshmark, I do my best, but you know, I'm not a perfect person. So whatever you decide. And then I just kind of let them decide. And I just don't care because it's, I'd much rather just move on and sell something else than to fight with somebody over a stupid thing and have them trash something. And I've had cases where it was (laughs) my fault and I will like immediately be like, send that back. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not to fight that I won't right I will be as honest as I can sometimes it's quite I'm like did I really miss that but if I have a question in my mind that I was in the wrong I'm like just send it back because I would hate to be on the other side having to pay for something that was you know damaged or something um so yeah I think like as honest as possible (laughs) so my little tip for getting good favor with Poshmark, and I don't know if it's worked, but in cases where I feel like they might not side with me, I do feel like I've earned some good favor with them in that there are multiple cases that are my fault. And I say, this is my fault. I do not need the item back. Please do not spend Poshmark mm-hmm. money to send my item back. If th- this is, this is the issue Send them, you know, send their money back. Do not use your funds to mm-hmm. return the item to me. I do yeah. not need it back. I've done that a few times so. too, especially if I don't want to relist it. I'm like, just take it. <laughs> well, yeah, because then you're like, yeah. oh, great. Now I'm going to have a damaged item. Fantastic. You just wasted $6 of my, of your money to send me yeah, an exactly. item that I now have to it's fix. Like, if it's been like worth <laughs> so, it, you know, yeah. sometimes you sold it for like 15 bucks and you're going to have to spend hours fixing it and you're just like, ugh. Yep, exactly. Okay, so I have the the final question that is everybody's final question, and that is, if you were to go thrifting with anybody in the Poshmark reselling community, who would you take and okay, where would so you go? Okay, so this is so bad. I, like, don't know, like, all the Poshmark celebrities. But actually, it would be my PFF, Kristen. Uh, so she lives, her closet is Kristen's niche and she lives in Michigan and we've only met online and we, um, we talk literally every day, um, about everything, not just Poshmark. And I, she has the most amazing spots in Michigan. So I, one day I really am going to do this. I'm going to fly out there and we're going to go thrifting in her spots. Cause like, I mean, I have some good spots here, but nothing like what she finds. Um, so that's my goal. <laughs> like I, yeah, that's who I would choose. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Okay. So before we sign off, tell us all of the different places that we can find you and your website for your virtual assistant. Okay. So um, you can find me on services. Instagram. It's, I'm really, I'm creative with all my names. So, you know, sorry. Um, you can find me on Instagram, uh, <laughs> Mrs. Zancy VA. Um, I run a Facebook group called Full Time and uh, Part Time Poshmark Sellers. You can always join that. We're we're nice and non dramatic. Um, and then my website is www.mrsyancyva.com. 
And you can email me through that website or at Mrs. Yancey at Mrs. Yanceyva.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and giving us a little insight as to why you should get a VA. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. That was really interesting for me. Um, I got a virtual assistant, but I've never really spoken to one kind of behind the scenes. So that was really interesting for me to learn all of her tips and tricks and just kind of the story behind why she became a virtual assistant and her Poshmark closet as always. I hope that you tune in to future episodes. We release every Wednesday. I really appreciate any feedback you can give me. You can either shoot me a DM at the reseller's voice on Instagram, or you can leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate any feedback we get as creatives. A lot of times you don't actually get to see the response and the analytics behind what you're creating. So it's always nice to know that what you're creating is actually being enjoyed and used. So if you could leave a review, I would really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Ta-ta for now!